3: Welcome everybody to another edition of the Pack A Day Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day again to join us. My name is Dan Connick and with me today on our episode is uh, my two newest favorite uh, podcasting partners. And that would be one Mr. Matt Frelick and uh, the new college graduate Janelle Mackey. Guys, how you doing? Good. Janelle, have you Good. have you gotten the first like notice from Navient or uh, or the the student loan people yet? Because they're they'll they'll be on you soon.
4: Oh yeah, I think I walked across the stage and then I got the email. So
3: <laughs> <laughs> the best is the best is when you get your first uh, phone call from the university. Like it's been six months since you graduated. Have you thought about donating money to the university yet?
4: Hey guys, yeah, I was getting those before I even graduated. It's like I kind of need this money right now, so sorry. That was the
2: weirdest thing too. I remember getting that call, and I'm like, "Wait, should should I be donating six months after graduation? Like, dang, is something wrong with me?" And then after a few of them, like, I'm just like, you know what, guys, like, I'll call you when I'm ready to give you money.
3: Exactly. Like uh, last I checked, I think I just donated about seventy five thousand dollars to you guys in tuition money, so yeah I think that should cover me for a, for a little while there uh, but <laughs> congratulations Janelle for graduating college and finishing that up and uh all the other graduates i mean, and there's you know it's just been uh filthy with high school and college graduates out on on Facebook and social media recently um but uh today we're gonna cover I think a couple of different topics just uh different things that have come in the news recently. We're focused mainly on uh, the big news this weekend, and that was, of course, the annual charity green and gold softball game uh, between the offense and defense of the Green Bay Packers, the captains. Uh, I think it was the same or last year. Devontae Adams was the captain for the offense last year, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly. And then um, wasn't Clay Matthews was the captain for the defense last year, right? Because last year was when he took the – the infamous line drive to the nose if I'm not mistaken yeah
2: no I think you're exactly right
3: yeah I remember that
2: I remember that because I there was some local sports guy for like I think it's channel Two, Dave Schrader he posted the video and I like commented on it I said that's the best angle I've seen Clay Matthews take to a ball in years and like people were like kind (laughs) of people were kind of upset and kind of I thought it was funny but I think got a couple hundred likes
3: it's all about uh, what is the ratio that's what they call it Um, yeah yeah, so all about the ratio. Uh, so recapping that a little bit, the offense comes out with another huge win. Uh, Devontae Adams, I think if I saw correctly, led everybody with uh, seven home runs. Um, yeah, a 16-8 to eight win for uh, – well, they don't call it offense-defense. It's Team Devontae and Team Blake. Blake Martinez, the captain for the defense. Um, but, I mean, when you look down the list of everybody that hit home runs – they're everybody on Devontae's team. Kumaro, uh, Deshaun Kaiser, Robert Tunyon, um, quarterback uh, Manny Wilkins, Geronimo, Allison, and Aaron Jones all had them. I don't see any other – I don't see any defensive players hitting home runs out there, which makes brings me to the main point here. Are we living in a charity softball era where we need to uh, put asterisk near these wins – uh, for the offense, because I think thing, I think the uh, I think it's all skewed for the offense in my book. You got these big guys out there, you know, the, those offensive linemen out there. I mean, I know they're not the ones hitting the home runs and everything, but I, I'm surprised I, I, there's no me, offensive linemen skewed. hitting
2: homers. Like right. you would think, you would think David Bakhtiari, the way he can guzzle beers, would just be turning one over the left field like pole. Like I don't get it.
4: Well, he's probably busy in the stands with the fans. Yeah, so that's
2: true. <laughs> just chug offs.
3: Right. Well, you almost kind of, you almost kind of like wish it was like a regular, I mean, I think we've all at least experienced beer league softball. You you could imagine, you know, uh, round first base, chug a beer, you know, every third inning is the beer inning, you know, every time you score chug a beer, it's built in for like a David Bakhtiari kind of situation at the softball game I think you um, could you reach
4: out to him maybe he'll start hosting these softball games and skew it a little bit that's see
3: that's what i that's what i want i want to see bakhtiari now that clay matthews is gone it, it, isn't bakhtiari kind of the next man up in the whole uh second banana to aaron Rodgers uh in all of these kind of you know uh visible uh uh i I would, like the in those commercials and you know all of that like Bakhtiari's gotta be the guy next up for all of that, right yeah he d-
4: I mean' it I'm trying seems to think like, of another name like the yeah. closest one to Rogers, since everyone like uh matthews Jordy, Cobb, they're all gone, so it seems like Bakhtiari's kind of his new buddy on the team,
2: and like beer drinking or like beer. I mean, binge drinking and long hair, like, really go hand-in-hand hand with Packers <laughs> fans. So, I think – and offensive linemen. Like, it just all makes
3: sense. Right. And then – so, I mean, bring, to bring it back into the softball fold here, you know what I would really like to see is – and I, I know we're not – I know I'm, like, bringing, up, bringing this up as if it's some kind of issue. But what would be really cool is um, I, I would actually watch – maybe this speaks more about me and the kind of life that I lead, but I would watch, you know, a live draft of, uh, you know, the softball teams personally, you know, if, if you had Devante and, and uh, Blake up there live picking, you know, where does Aaron Rodgers fall? Who, who, who does Aaron Rodgers fall in the softball drafts kind of thing? You know what I mean? I, I, I would love to see kind of a, a more interactive side to the, to the softball Thing. I, That'd be slick. Yeah. I mean, you'd, you'd be
2: breaking up that offense, too, that you're saying so potent, Dan. You'd at least get a couple of those guys on the defensive side or Blake's team.
4: Yeah, I think it'd be <laughs> a lot of fun, too. I mean, Packer fans are crazy enough. They will watch it, and they'll like make their snarky comments on Twitter about it and see who falls and who gets picked early. And I'm sure people would make crazy mock drafts about who gets taken first. And
3: Now, Janelle, you said earlier you've been to one of these – uh, before when it was Jordy Nelson, uh, kind of leading on. Can you tell us kind of just like what it's like, what the atmosphere is kind of like out there? Uh, you know how 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 wild do the fans get? Because uh, I mean it's at um, where the Timber Rattlers play over there, and so I assume that there's probably staff from the Timber Rattlers that are there, but, you know, what, what's the atmosphere kind of like at the at the games?
4: Yeah, so I've been there two years uh, when Jordy Nelson was hosting it, and the stands are full, and then they kind of put in a fence, because obviously they don't expect them to play in a regulation size baseball field, so they put in a fence, and then you can kind of um, get general admission to just sit in the outfield and there's kids running around with gloves. There's adults running around with gloves, and um, yeah, it's just crazy. And then there's usually rookies in the outfield, and they'll come up to the fence and sign memorabilia. And like I've gotten Jordan Nelson, Randall Cobb signatures, and Quentin Rollins, and they're all very friendly. And there's not like aggressive security preventing you from interacting with them. And yeah, it's just it's great for kids, adults, everyone in between, and it's an awesome atmosphere. So. I think I'm really glad that it's kind of gone from Donald Driver to Jordy Nelson. It's still kind of going on because it's it's a good tradition to have too for the team and the fans.
3: Yeah, and and now it's I mean now it's just a it's basically just a Packers event. Like you know it had it had Donald's name at the beginning and then Jordy, but now it's really just kind of taken on a generic Packers event, and the the team has really kind of picked up from from where those guys have have taken off. And, uh, and gone from there. Uh, one thing that came up in the softball game pregame, we saw Matt LaFleur make his triumphant public uh, return back um, back to the public eye after his most recent uh, injury, tearing his Achilles, what, two day, I think two, three days ago um, on the basketball court, and he walked out there boot and all, no crutches, none, none of those little, like, uh, The one-legged scooters (laughs) that you put your leg up on and and rolled out there. I mean, that honestly, it was like when you watched Kobe Bryant tear his ACL and then walk out to the free throw line to shoot the free throws. I mean, that that's exactly what it was like watching. Yeah, Um, but uh, kind of transitioning to that, Matt. I mean, let's discuss this a little bit. The Matt Lafleur injury. Um, I think the best way to describe it is just for better, for worse, for neutral. You would never see the headline of Mike McCarthy tearing his uh, his Achilles playing basketball. Um, I, I, take that, take that as, as you would. This is just that that you would never see this kind of come from a from the Mike McCarthy uh, era. It's for for me personally, I just I just like the idea that he is you know he's obviously very active with the players. He he's a young guy, so you know he's he he connects with them a little bit more. And I think there's just something about kind of being involved with the team in any of these different things, with the softball game, you know, playing basketball, whatever. Regardless of injuries or whatever, you, we can make kind of jokes and memes about it or whatever. But uh, I, I like the idea that Matt Lafleur is at least you know getting in there, mixing things up.
4: Yeah, I definitely like to see I can, him yeah. involved with more than just the football aspect of everything.
2: You know, I just want to know. Like, I t- I tweeted it. Like, was he going for a bucket? Like, was he? Uh, they, it's there's. I guess uh, the story that they were playing lightning, or apparently people call it knockout. I didn't yeah, really know what that I was. I had but, to like
4: Google like, what knockout was because we play lightning yeah. here. I was like, what? I've playing
3: been playing lightning.
4: Hold Sounds on,
3: time, <laughs> time out because I, I'm I I don't want to I don't want to like uh, I, I'm not I'm not trying to humble brag or anything, but at our radio station we put in a indoor basketball hoop. And all of us kids played knockout, and we all called it knockout. And every other person in the office was like, "We've heard of lightning, but we've never heard of knockout." So I'm in, I'm in the opposite camp as you guys. We only ever called it knockout. I, it wasn't until a couple months ago that I ever heard lightning.
4: Really, right. I thought like lightning was the main thing. It That's was what, me too.
3: Like, we're all from the Midwest too, <laughs> which you would think
2: would kind of be regional, <laughs> but like, I don't know.
3: Uh, that's, uh, but I mean that's in a, that uh, lightning or knockout whatever you call it it can get pretty aggressive and uh, you can get pretty petty in in knockout. Oh yeah. Um, so I, that's that's honestly I was oh, I was kind of hoping it was something quote unquote heroic. You know Matt Lafleur takes a charge from uh, you know Bakhtiari or something like that. I would have I would have loved to see him go down on a blaze of glory. That
2: way, like I just want to know if he won. Like, was it worth it? Right, like game winning shot. Yeah, or was he going for a layup and like Mike Daniels just throws the hips at him and like he falls (laughs) down in a heap? Like uh, ah, I I hope it looked
3: good at least.
4: Maybe one day some footage will leak or something, and we can get the real story.
3: (laughs) Or maybe maybe he got hurt like celebrating. Like, um, what was the the Lions player? Didn't he tear his Achilles after he it was like or
4: something? I remember that so vividly. (laughs)
3: uh well so kind of a a smooth transition from Matt LaFleur's injury to something a little bit more um a little bit more I guess if you want to call it uh serious maybe at least a little bit more football related is uh, uh Mark Murphy came out and addressed um some of the concerns that have been brought up recently uh about the power structure that has been established at Green Bay obviously from the get-go uh even just before before the Mike McCarthy era ended and you know Brian Gutekunst got brought in the structure of how it was set up of Mark Murphy being the guy at the very top with no one really uh to kind of check him was questioned and then obviously when the new head coach Matt LaFleur comes in there's been lots of uh lots of things milled up about uh, the power structure. And he comes out and basically he really, he, I think as, as vehemently as Mark Murphy has ever kind of uh, addressed anything because he's a pretty low key kind of guy, um, you know, vehemently denied any of the reports and kind of went in on the anonymous uh, reports that uh, Tom Silverstein had addressed or sourced for, for the, for the report. So, um, I, I, Matt, I'll kind of just throw it to you here first. How how much do you think we see of this going forward into the first year of Matt LaFleur's tenure? How much does this keep getting brought back up?
2: Well, I think in general, like, the Packers are just kind of – just in a lot of drama the last few months. Like, obviously with the Aaron Rodgers and the, the McCarthy um, article and then now this. And it's just like – I don't know if it's because they're in a transition period and it's just really easy to throw mud – during this time and you're kind of waiting for them to prove themselves. But uh, does it get brought up more? It it could like, you might see that at some point where uh, like the way I see LaFleur is like, obviously he's young, innovative guy, very successful with, you know, what he's had and the cards he's been dealt, but like he is a young guy. Like, is he going to get pushed around by, you know, a more experienced coach on the other side of the field? Um, Is he going to, you know, not have the full, I guess, reins on his team? Um, You know, the Packers have, in my opinion, have always been like a good old boys club. So they're always trying to keep it in house and, you know, you know, rub each other's backs and whatever. And like, at some point it might be the conversation also that it's like, okay, Lafleur's first time here. Like let's, we're not going to let him get full reins because he's still figuring out like where the bathroom is outside of his <clears> office, <throat> let alone like if this guy's worth like being a coach still, like there's talks of um he wanted a different special teams coach. The Packers didn't offer the guy enough money. He went to the Saints, And I I do think it's a little bit of that, you know, the, like I said, the good old boys' club that the Packers do have, uh, especially when they had Ted Thompson there and more of a higher capacity. Mark Murphy's really set the tone for that for a while. Um, I think it does get brought up again. I really do. Uh, It might just be one of those things where it's like the first year we're going to let him get his feet wet and then we're going to give him more control. But you know i think it kind of goes hand in hand you want to get him on a success, successful you know start but you also don't want to have him get the full reins where he's like getting rid of guys that you know do well or have good camaraderie with certain other guys in the room
3: janelle your thoughts on it i mean does is this is this going to be a problem if you know we get 3 4 weeks into the season and the packers are Two and two, or, or one and three, you know, it, it, it could be a possibility. There's it's already pretty tenuous going into the season. H- how volatile could this situation become? Do you see? Yeah.
4: Um, I'm kind of wondering, like, how much is ble- being like blown out of proportion if Murphy's maybe making suggestions and then media is kind of like, oh, Mark Murphy's really taking control away from LaFleur. Um, it could. Build tension on a relationship if that's how it is, but kind of just reading what Mark Murphy is saying, saying he's um, always felt it foolish to restrict coaches in any way. He's never told a coach it, like told coaches who to hire as their assistants, and he uh, said that Lafleur had complete control. So it's kind of gray area on what do you really want to believe. But I think if we get into like weeks four and five and. All of a sudden you see that there's not connections with the coaches that have been hired. It's kind of like, okay, well, did Mark Murphy actually tell LaFleur who to hire? Did LaFleur want other people? And now he's not connecting with them the way he should and causing tension, which this team doesn't need any tension after all the drama that Matt had brought up. So hopefully that's not the case. But I think if that's something we start to see if they're not showing success like they're supposed to be going into this fresh season – I think it'll definitely get brought up again.
3: Yeah, and for for Mark Murphy's side of it, he really said the only thing he could possibly say at this point, you know, he he really he can't say yes, this is what's going on, or you know, he he really just has to say because it's an anonymous source, and he really can't address the person, you know, head on. He has to deny at this point. And so really we're kind of at the mercy of of these you know uh, these anonymous sources and things like that. And I think you kind of think back to, you know, is it a scenario that there's more drama here because of the people that are involved because it's a new coaching staff and a new regime and a new setup? Or are we just now seeing some of this drama that's maybe been under the radar a little bit and now that the team is losing and not making runs to the NFC Championship game and not making the playoffs, is this drama just kind of now coming to the forefront a little bit more from some of these anonymous sources that maybe would have stayed quiet in a different uh, kind of environment? So, um, you know, for, for my, for my take on it, I I think, I I think it could definitely be an issue. I I really, I'm really kind of on the side of not anti, I'm not anti Mark Murphy, but I, I, I just, I caution whether that his decision to kind of set this uh organization up as it has you know it seemed like his intent is to take a lot of the pressure off of Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur but at the same time those guys have to be able to be held accountable by players by fans by the media and so you kind of create a you know minutia of who's on first like who's really in charge and so it it won't be I won't be the last time I think we hear this uh this come up. And so really it almost kind of puts the pressure on Matt LaFleur and this team to start off good, because I think, I think you guys might agree. If, if this team starts off, you know, 50, 50 halfway through the season, or God forbid, even worse, the the fingers are going to get pointed out. And those anonymous sources are definitely going to be, uh, you know, reaching out to Tom and, and others uh, as, as the season goes on, I think.
2: For sure. And I think it's just, like I, I really think it's just the way, like you said, Dan, that Mark Murphy set it up. Um, it's it's been that way from day one. You know, he doesn't want the full blame on his guys. It kind of takes the pressure off of him. But it, you know, it kind of does make your head coach kind of look stupid when an article comes out like that. Like, well, he didn't really have full control. Well, it's like yeah, I, I would imagine you wouldn't have full control, but like, where did this anonymous source come from? It's like, I kind of hate that in the, in the, I guess, media in general, sports media as well. Um, because you'd see that, you know, even with like the Los Angeles Lakers article earlier this week, I read that mm-hmm. whole thing top to bottom and it's like, an like anonymous source that was with the staff, you know, during this time or anonymous source still on staff or anonymous, like trainer. It's like, put your name on it. Like if you don't work there anymore, great. Go ahead and you know say what you got to say but if it's guys like internal or women even internal whatever it is whoever it is it's in the staff like why you why are you throwing mud like there's just I don't get the I don't get the purpose behind it
3: yeah I, I, I won't totally you know just I, I don't think we're trying to dismiss the the support of anonymous sources in like in general but when it's it's not really serving a main there's no real like purpose or problem that it's it's trying to address it's it's just a lot of it's it's drama at this point and it's really the last thing that Matt LaFleur really needs um but speaking of drama something that needs to be brought up uh former well I guess we should we can say just as of right now former Green Bay Packer because he's still a free agent hasn't been signed is uh Mo Wilkerson over this weekend um arrested for DUI in, uh, I'm trying to pull up the article really quick in New York, um, pulled over, uh, on Saturday, 3:30 in the morning, um, blew a 0.09, which is, you know, just a shade over the 0.0 legal limit, still a, uh, DUI, still a stupid decision. Um, you know, no matter, no matter what you think of it, but, um, you know, for me at least, th- that kind of seals it for him in Green Bay, right? Like, th- th- you don't bring him back.
2: No, we've seen that time and time again. Even, um, you know, Janelle and I did, obviously, an episode early last year about the running backs. We talked mm-hmm. about Aaron Jones being suspended and, you know, did that put him behind, I guess, starting the season? Like, was he going to have that maybe uh, where he was going to be reprimanded? They were going to give his, you know, his touches away to uh, Jamal Williams or whoever it was on the team? And, I mean, he. End of the day, Mohammed Wilkerson's not on the Packers. He's not on a football team right now. He's coming off an, a you know a, a lower body injury. He's going to be 30 years old in October. Like the Packers are pretty set at def, de, um, defensive line, and then even after free agency in the draft, I mean, they're that's one of their strongest. I would say their strongest, um, I guess, position. So yeah, he's he's not going to be a Packer. I, I deal. I, he probably will get a chance in a. You know, in training camp and preseason, I would think someone would sign him for cheap because there are some of those high profile defensive linemen that are out there, like the Gerald McCoy or whatever they're trying to get him moved and Mohammed Wilker or Mohammed uh, excuse me, um Adamican signed. So I think there will be he, he'll find a, a place, but it's like, dude, it's not really you're not putting yourself in position to get on a team. I mean, point oh eight, point oh nine, point two five, whatever it is, or whatever I mean you could be at whatever it's still a DUI it still doesn't look good and it's not like you're a young high prolific talent you're going to be 30 and on an injury
3: yeah Janelle is this this is is this the end of Mo Wilkerson's career in Green Bay
4: um I'm like 95% sure I think not only is this a stupid decision but like Matt said he had a lower body season-ending injury last year that's never good Um, coming into free agency and in the article too it did say that he was disciplined multiple times when he was with the Jets just for being repetitively late to meetings and also missing a practice so I'm kind of wondering if the way he is like in the public eye and his attitude if that's kind of what Packer Nation looks for I know uh, the community and the team set very high standards for the players that represent the program and when you start to do stuff like this, it dem- like it kind of puts a stain on the name. So you want to get rid of that as soon as possible.
3: Yeah, and, then, and but then you bring up what Matt said on on top of that. He plays at a position that the Packers are pretty much already set at now.
4: Yeah, and know? I think he's a replaceable player at this point. So mm-hmm. it's not like you're losing, like, if it was like Mike Daniels, where you're like, okay, but we know what this guy can do. We didn't really see what this guy could do. So it didn't really affect our season too much last year.
3: Yeah, and, you know, then on top of it, the Packers have already been very aggressive in the free agency market, beefed up the defense and spent a lot of money um, free agent-wise that they haven't done in the past. And so that put them a little bit more closer to, you know, that cap uh, number that they usually aren't at or, or usually don't maybe have kind of those concerns come up. And so now if you're talking about whether or not we want to spend this money on Mo Wilkerson, I mean, last year he signed for $5 million. Th- there's no way you're going to spend $5 million. Uh, you know, it was already a, question, a questionable toss-up uh, if he would sign back again. And now this kind of just gives them not 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 an uh, excuse, but maybe just sort of a uh, it helps make their decision a little bit easier whether or not to spend five million dollars on him, or you know that five million dollars goes somewhere else. And so, uh, yeah, but like it was kind of brought up. We'll 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 see Mo Wilkerson in the NFL again because uh, you know unfortunately we've seen guys do a lot worse than blow a point oh nine and, and make it onto an NFL roster and have pretty successful NFL careers. Amen. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I
4: think we'll definitely see him again. It's just, he's not, he's not what green Bay needs and he's not the fit. So yeah. they have enough security in that position to cut him loose.
3: Exactly. Um, so I think that kind of wraps it up for, for our episode here. Um, We'd love for you guys to uh, do all the things that uh, you do for any other podcast that you listen to. Hopefully, you go rate, review, subscribe, all of that uh, stuff. It it really helps us out as we get going through here. And I, I like I every time I kind of wrap this up, I always say like, as we're getting started, it really helps us out. But then, like I was thinking about it recently, like we're on episode I think like three ten now like like we're getting pretty close to a 1 year anniversary so we're we're not the young guns really anymore here at this point so uh it still definitely helps us out but uh it's still pretty cool to kind of see that uh like i was thinking about it like we're just basically almost 2 months now from the start of of when we started which coincided with training camp so really 2 months now from training camp that's awesome to think about it is um, so make sure that you follow us on, uh, on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. Uh, you can follow all three of us as well. I'm on Twitter at DK all the way. Um, guys, where can they follow you?
2: Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore.
3: Janelle?
4: You can find me at Big Mac underscore for M-A-C-K.
3: And the big thing, make sure that you tweet us and let us know whether you call it knockout or lightning because <laughs> uh, I think that's over the next week. Uh, that, I think that becomes the new like Oreo discussion. Uh, that, that like took off through us. I think now this is the, this is the new Oreo discussion in my book. Uh, so for uh, Matt, Janelle, myself, uh, thank you so much for listening to the Back of Day podcast. And until next time, uh, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.
5: You know when I was traded to Green Bay I wasn't real sure where Green Bay was but I was for certain I knew who Bart Starr was I knew what he stood for I knew that he quarterbacked the Packers in what would be the glory years and and just was a an icon I knew that I do remember Bart would always go out of his way to come say hello and and I just thought to myself I mean, this is crazy. Why would he want to talk to me? And, um, you know, just a very humble guy. Bart is that guy that, you know, he is the
2: the perfect example of what it means to be an incredible player but a better person. You know, I think he's a great role model for all of us. But even more when you're a Green Bay Packer and you realize how much he's meant to this community.
5: You know, one thing that he did, he always would send me a personal letter after I accomplished, you know, something... Not necessarily something of any magnitude. It may have been my first win. It may have been, you know, a three-game stretch, or it may have been, you know, I didn't play as, as well, and we a tough loss, send me a nice left, you know. There'll be better days. That, that's just the type of guy we was.
2: To have people talk about what a great guy you are before what incredible quarterback, I think is a dream of, of many players who play because your reputation lasts longer than, than your body and lasts longer than the stats and the wins. But we wouldn't have this place if it hadn't been for a guy like Bark and the championships that they won and the Super Bowls and the MVPs that he won. But he is an incredible, incredible man, and uh, he's been a great friend over the years.
5: Star begins the count. Takes the snap. He's got the quarterback. he down The Packers are out in front. Twenty to seventeen and thirteen seconds joined on the clock, and the Green Bay Packers are going to be world champion, NFL champion, for the third
0: right here. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on.